Welcome to the Unique Mums podcast. My name's Anna, and I'm a wife, mum, author, blogger, and Jesus follower, bringing you biblical truth, devotions, and encouragement so you can find joy, purpose, and hope as you navigate through motherhood, one cold cup of coffee at a time. You can find the episode show notes, free devotions, and a lot more information at uniquemums.co.uk. Hello, Mum. Welcome back to the Unique Mums podcast. It's so good to be back. And we're doing a series at the moment called Rule of Life. And last week, we talked about embracing the moment. And today, we're still talking about that. But today, I'm actually doing an interview with a friend of mine called Leslie Moore. So I'm going to introduce her, and then we'll jump straight into the interview. Leslie Moore is a Jesus follower, a wife, a mum, and a writer. She lives in a sleepy southern town in the United States. Leslie writes historical romances spanning from the foundations of early England to the 1970s, bringing faith-filled stories with adventure, sword fights, betrayal, secrets, and how the power of love can mend all hurt. Although she's known as a writer, her most recognized title is Mum to Henry and Claire. When she's not researching 9th century armor or how a longhouse was built, she's folding clothes, washing dishes, and wondering how to add in another plotline. You can find her writing about her first love, Jesus, on IG at Leslie Moore Writes. Okay, so welcome to the Unique Mums podcast, Leslie. It's lovely to have you here today with us on the show. Thank you so much, Anna. Um, it is such a blessing and a privilege to be invited. So I just yeah. appreciate you thinking about me and um, bringing me on today. Yeah, that's great. I'm so glad you you managed to come on. And we actually met um, on Instagram, I think it was. Uh, I don't know exactly yeah. how long, maybe a year ago or so, or maybe longer. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, I think it's like a year and a half. Yeah, maybe a year yeah. and a half. Yeah. So, was, um, mm-hmm. yeah. so I'm not on Instagram anymore, but we've kept in touch via email and we've prayed for each other and we've collaborated. And yeah, it's been really a mm-hmm. blessing. And I actually, yeah, (laughs) I invited Mm -hmm. you on here because you were in one of the emails we were talking about um, the season in life that you're going through. And I thought it would actually, this actually fits in very well with what we're talking about at the moment, which is embracing the moment, embracing the present. Uh, So I'm going to ask you a little bit about that. But first, um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your testimony and how you came to be a Christian. Yeah, um, well, I've been in church my whole life, and my mom even jokes that I was there nine months before I was born because, you know, I was in her belly (laughs) church. (laughs) Um, We were there when doors opened, you know, just just every time the doors opened, we were there, Um, and I think that um, as a child, I was I would just say that I was spiritually sensitive because I made multiple professions of faith. Uh, I was actually baptized four times in one year because I walked the aisle, you know, was counseled, prayed the sinner's prayer, and then was baptized. And that was four times in one year. Um, And so I just, I I don't know, I I came to a point, I guess I was about 11, um, where I realized that, um, you know, my 
that it wasn't, I was getting kind of caught up on, oh, did I, did I use the word repentance in my prayer? I mean, it seems so silly now, but you know, this is little me. Um, but you know, I realized that it was really my heart posture. And one of our pastors preached a message on first John on hope. So versus no, so salvation. And so, um, that's when I feel like, you know, that the Lord was calling me and that was, that's the day that I consider my salvation day. Um, and I also read a really great book years later by J.D. Greer. It's called uh, Stop Asking Jesus Into Your Heart. Mm. And he goes through, um, he, he, J.D. Greer has a very similar testimony to mine in that he said he, he said he'd probably asked Jesus into his heart like a thousand times. He would do it all the time because yeah. he really struggled with the security of his salvation. And so I, I read his book and he, he breaks down first John and, and everything that that book has about, you know, providing the assurance for us and that we pray that God is faithful, you know, to hear our prayer. Um, and so anyways, it, it was a great book and it really helped me um, to feel that security in my salvation. So Wow, that's so good. Yeah, yeah. I think that's quite, actually quite frequent, maybe if you grow up in church where you have, like, it's a process, like, that's how it was with me, like, understanding the gospel, like, I'd understand mm -hmm. parts of it, maybe when I was already, uh, when I made this kind of prayer, I was five. And uh -huh. I understand certain aspects, but it's definitely been a process for me where I've just come to understand more and more. And even as an adult, mm -hmm. like you would think, oh, well, but you should already have known all those things maybe when you're younger. But actually, it is a process for a lot of us. Like for some people, maybe mm -hmm. it is a, a dramatic kind of thing, especially if you become a Christian as an adult. But for a lot of us, it, I think it is a process and understanding exactly what Jesus did for us and having that assurance mm -hmm. of salvation as well. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. such a great point that you make too, because. I feel like it is a process. And then all of these seasons and different part, you know, parts of our life that we go through, I feel like I see a different, uh, you know, the, the gospel is just made fresh through these different seasons that I walk through. And, you know, I see God's grace is a little bit deeper and, you know, just those things. Mm. And um, so I'm, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, yeah. And um, in terms of like your journey as a mom, what was one of the greatest things you learned about the gospel in that journey as a mom? Yeah, I think I've got a couple things. I think first, um, just how perfect God the Father is um, mm. and that he never loses his temper. Mm. Um, he's always perfectly loving. And, you know, I look at myself and, you know, those days where I do lose my temper or I don't have enough patience or, you know, I... I'm, I feel shame because I'm doing the dishes or the laundry when my child wants me to play with them, you know, mm -hmm. just those things that, that we have and how he's just perfect. And as our father, he is perfectly loving us. And so that just astounds me, you know, to think of, of, um, of just how far I am from that. And it, it, makes me love him even more. And then I also have thought about how much he delights in us as his children and he just wants our heart. And, you know, it's uh, one of our pastors actually just this week was, was preaching about that, about, um, 
how we th- a lot of times we imagine God as being, um, you know, angry or frustrated with us and, you know, just not wanting to be with us. But, you know, th- if we look at the cross, we can see what extent he went to to make a way for us and that he really does delight in us and welcome adopts us as, as his children. And um, I thought about this and, and I don't know the right I don't know what the right answer is, but when my daughter was about two, we had had one of those kind of struggle days, <laughs> struggling mm-hmm. days. And um, she was, you know, fighting with me on every little thing I was asking her to do. And, um, you know, I, I was getting, getting frustrated with her and all I really wanted was, you know, to be spending time with her and, and doing the different things. And when it finally got to her nap time and I was rocking her in her chair and I was just sitting there rocking her and she finally fell asleep on me and she was resting in my arms. I just thought about, gosh, I wonder if the Lord feels this way about us when we are, you know, when, when he is reaching out to us and and trying to, you know, maybe show us some sin in our life or something that is keeping us from that fellowship with him. And we're fighting him against that, you know, like we're fighting him in some way. And I just thought, you know, all I really wanted to do was just sit there. And I just, I just loved rocking her and holding her and, and the fact that she had stopped fighting with me and that she was resting on me, you know, and I just, I was like, oh, I wonder if, if the Lord feels that way about us. And I don't know if he does, but I've been, you know, thinking about that. And then the last thing I think is I love that he desires for us to be a part of his plans because the reality is he doesn't need us to help him accomplish anything. Right. Yeah. But he invites us to share in his work and he invites us in on the blessing. And uh, my pastor told this great story. I don't know if, I don't know if y'all have a lot of the, the bigger trampolines that you put together in the UK. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's real common. It's real common around here. And it's funny because anytime, you know, somebody buys a trampoline, for your child, or if you get one, you know, people are like, Oh, you got to put the trampoline together. Well, my pastor told this story about how he and his son were out there and he was trying to put the trampoline together and his son was, you know, pulling on the wrong side and the springs would pop off. And, you know, he, he had lost the instructions and then he, you know, they couldn't find the tool. He was playing with the tool. Well, then they finally get it put together and they go in the house and, and, um, the wife and, you know, his mom said, Hey, what have y'all been doing? And the son said, we put the trampoline together. And my pastor said, well, there was no we in this. Like I put the trampoline (laughs) together, but you know, and he said, he said, I feel like, you know, that that's kind of how God is with us that, um, you know, we're trying to help maybe, but we're, we, we may not always be helping, but he wants us to be a part of that with him, you know, and he was saying too, he was like, that this was another example of me, you know, falling short of being a father and, and God showing what a perfect father he is with us, that he doesn't lose patience and he still invites us, you know, to come in on his work. But, um, that's such a humbling thing to me, um, that, you know, that he doesn't need us, but he still invites us in, um, to share in his work. And it's such a blessing to us. Mm, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. It's just, 
Yeah, I think about that quite often, actually, how he doesn't need us, but he wants us. And that's such a reassuring thing, actually, because we mm-hmm. it actually stops us from this thing of like the control that sometimes we feel or the striving. But at the same time, it's like, as you say, like he wants to be with us. He wants us to enjoy like seeing him in action as well and being part of that. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's such a lovely thing. Yeah. And you can learn so many things, I think, through parenthood, through motherhood. You can learn so many things yes. about God. <laughs> it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes. I always say my children are my greatest sanctifying agent. Mm-hmm. Yes. You <laughs> know, they, they show me all the ways that I, uh, you know, all the ways that I need to be more like Jesus. <laughs> mm, yes, yes. I think when we get married, that's the first thing. And then when we have children... <laughs> It's just like there's things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I know you've been doing a series about God in the waiting. So this thing of the waiting season. So how do you relate to these seasons of transition that sometimes we go through in life and waiting on God with embracing like the present? Yes. Um, well, I feel like, you know, this was a couple of months ago. I just felt like I was in a long season of waiting and there were just multiple things that were kind of in the air. There were, you know, these unknowns and uh, we just didn't know how they would play out. Um, and it was really heavy on me. Mm-hmm. And I found that my thoughts were just being dominated by um, you know, what was going to happen, you know, this is just, it's just unknown. Um, and so as I was kind of mulling over that and, um, thinking about waiting, I just came to this question of where is God in our waiting? And so I, I, I went to the scriptures of course, and, um, that's what led to this Instagram series that's going to start in November on God in our waiting. And I just think a lot of times that we see in the Bible, that God uh, quits his people for their calling in the wait and that maybe God has ordained tasks for us or blessings that are in the wait. And we could miss those if we focus too much on things that are, you know, coming later that are too far ahead. And I also think sometimes that we can try to speed through the wait. And I think it's funny. Um, you know, I guess it's not, it's kind of funny, but when we read these stories about, you know, Abraham and Sarah, and they waited all these years for their promised son. And then, you know, David waited 15 years after being anointed by Samuel to be the future king of Israel, you know, and and Moses, I think it was, I think it was 40 years that Mm -hmm. he was in the, um, you know, as a shepherd in his father-in-law Jethro's Mm. Uh, fields after he murdered the Egyptian. So, but when we read that in the Bible, it's like a sentence, you know, (laughs) all those years that they wait, you know, it just goes so fast for us. And so I was really trying to think about what that would be like, you know, to be waiting on the Lord that long after he gives you such a big promise. Um, But Anyways, for me personally, uh, I'm going to talk about some of that in my Instagram series, but um, I think for me personally, I can try to speed through the wait. You know, you're just trying to like get through it and get to the thing that you're looking forward to. But I think that when we do that, we are likely to miss something that God has for us. Um, And then I was thinking about this too, that there's always going to be seasons of waiting or there's seasons where we have, you know, 
like, let's say you're a, a high school student, you just can't wait until you get to graduation. Well, then if you go to college, you just can't wait till you graduate college. And then maybe you get to your job and you're working for that promotion. And then you get married you or you, or you can't wait to get married. And then after you get married, you can't wait to have kids. And then you can't wait to, you know, maybe go on a tr these trips or, you know, just whatever it is. And mm -hmm. I just think we're, we're, I think we can get caught up in those cycles and seasons where we are just constantly looking forward to something else and we aren't resting in today mm. and in the present. And so I think that, that we need to learn to slow down and live where we are and see what the Lord has for us today, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, and, um, and I think ultimately the purpose of waiting is to strengthen our faith and our trust in God, because I know that it encourages me to keep giving things over to him because when I'm in this wait and there's all these things, you know, all this uncertainty, I can tend to white knuckle it and try to control these things on my own. And that just leads to a big mess. And in fact, um, this season that we're in right now, I, that was kind of my gut reaction when we, we started going through this big transition season. And I'll talk about that um, when we get to it, but I have been not, I, I, the, the burden of that is so heavy that I have lost weight. Mm. Um, I've been, you know, I'm just, my stomach's just in knots all the time. I haven't been able to eat as much. Mm. And once I realized that, you know, I didn't even realize that I was holding so tightly and trying to control all of these things mm. and be, and you're just feeling so much anxiety and pressure over trying to do it on my own. I, I didn't even realize that. And then probably about three weeks ago, the, the reality of everything became very clear to me. And I thought, oh my goodness, what am I doing? And, and I feel like the Lord gave me Philippians four, six, uh, you know, who's kind of speaking that to me be anxious for nothing. Like that's a command. And instead we are to bring these things to him in prayer. And then the peace of God that transcends all earthly understanding will guard our hearts. And so once I did that, once I came and surrendered those things that I was holding on to and that I was really anxious about to him, I have had so much peace. And so I'm th so thankful that we have these promises that he's given us that we can stand on. And then, you know, I can look back at this season, you know, in years to come where I may go through another one and I can remember that he was faithful to me mm -hmm. and um, he gave me peace in the midst of a really um, troubling time, you know. And I also think as I was mulling over, you know, the purpose of the weight and not trying to control everything is that, you know, living in, like, like we said, we were talking about embracing the present and being in today. And I think I was finding as I was looking so ahead to, you know, this, this thing we have coming up that I was missing today. And, and I think there's so much beauty and there's so many things that God has for us even today. Mm. And today, this was a, a striking thought that came to me. Um, today is never coming around again. Mm. You know, 
we can't go back in time. We can't regain any time that we've lost. And the moments that we experience today may never come again. Mm -hmm. And so I just think it's so wise for us to stop and enjoy the beauty of the present moment or this season that we're in. Um, Even if it's a troubling season or, or a wonderful season, um, I still think that they're is so much that God has for us in these everyday moments mm. and we should look for him in those. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. It's really important, as you say, just to to enjoy what he's giving us now. And as you say, our tendency is to look forward to the future. It's like it's an elusive kind of thing. Like when this happens, then I'll be joyful or whatever. But actually God can give us joy and hope and peace now. It doesn't have to be in the future. It can be now. And yes. That's right. Yeah. And you're going through a stage of transition then. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what uh, you've already talked a bit about what God is teaching you, but anything else about that? (laughs) Yeah, so I'm moving um, and it's just down the road, but um, it's just been really stressful to have two young kids and try to have the house perfect for the showings. And then the the man that we're buying our house from, everything was just kind of up in the air because we didn't have a contract in place. We're buying the house off the market. And so the process is just completely different than when you're buying one that's actually for sale through a realtor and everything. So that's, that's what was so stressful. But I think I've definitely just seen how much I need him personally mm-hmm. and um, how heavy that burden can be when we try to take it on by ourselves and try to control everything. Another thing I mentioned Philippians 4, 6 about being anxious for nothing, but I also think the Lord reminded me that his burden is light and that's Matthew eleven twenty eight, and that we should cast our cares upon him. Um, in those moments. And, and like you said, seeking peace and joy in the day that's right in front of me, you know, not putting all my eggs in the basket of, oh, I'll be happy when, you know, just like you said. Mm-hmm. And I actually on my lock screen that I have on my, on my phone right now, on my lock screen, it's, it's something I need to be reminded of every day. It's second uh, Corinthians nine, eight, And um, it says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. And so just trusting in that promise that when I get to those bridges or those um, issues that the Lord is going to be faithful and Mm -hmm. he's going to give me everything I need to get through that, you know, and definitely definitely finding those quiet moments to connect with him in scripture and over prayer. That's definitely helped me. Mm, Yeah. Actually the first part I was doing here on the series was actually about that, like meeting with God in the secret place. And it's so tempting tempting just to like, when, especially when we're going through these seasons of busyness or where things maybe are a bit out of our usual routine, just to kind of skip that part. But but actually it's in that place that we're going to receive from God and have the peace and have the joy and, and where God's going to be speaking to us. So yeah, it's such a, an important That's thing. Exactly right. Yeah. And you, so you are a writer and you create content as well. Why do you create uh, Christian content for women? What's, what's God been putting on your heart about that? 
Well, you know, I, I've actually been writing fiction for about 15 years now. I started yeah. um, when I was in college just for fun, and I really didn't have any intent to seek publication. But when I started writing, I just thought I would write just general fiction, you know. Um, but my characters were constantly thinking about the Lord and prayer. And so I just quickly learned that I needed to write for the Christian market. Mm. And so um I, uh, after I stayed home, stayed home with my son, I used to be a teacher. Um, and after I was home with him, I felt like the Lord was calling me to stay home. And, um, then, uh, my pastor preached a message on, uh, the parable of the talents and, um, how we should leverage our time, talent, and our treasure to share the hope of the gospel. And that's when I felt like the Lord was calling me to share my stories. And that was the first time I ever thought that maybe my writing was a gift from him and I was burying it and I wasn't using it like he intended. And that was very convicting. And so I've been on this journey where, you know, I'm learning the trade, I'm learning the craft and um, just being obedient, you know, trying to be obedient to the Lord um, and, and writing and just in the ways that he leads me. So I write historical romance and uh, I've got a manuscript that is finished sort of, but I'm working on editing it. So, and then I have my Instagram and I write um, a monthly series there. I know you, I know you know that. And, um, but, but I really enjoy writing that content as well. I've enjoyed uh, creating the series and and mm -hmm. doing those things, I feel like that's a fun a fun deep dive I get to take with the Lord, and then I get to share, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah, so we're almost running out of time, but uh, where can people find you and your writing then? Yeah, right now it's just Instagram at Leslie Moore Writes. Okay, and I have a website, but I'm working on getting my newsletter created and you know all of that set up, but I don't have okay. it set up yet. But there's a link to that on my mm -hmm. Instagram, and there's okay. a, a um you know an email address on my. Uh, on, on my website as well so but mainly Instagram <laughs> okay okay that's great okay so I'm going to put your links in the show notes so the listeners can check that out <laughs> yeah but great. thank you so much for coming on today it was so encouraging it was so lovely to talk about this topic which is close to my heart as well and it was such a blessing thank you so much Yes, thank you so much, Anna, for having me. And I, I enjoyed it so much. I always love getting to visit with you. 